Incredible. Would you remain standing? I want to read some scripture. I'll have you seated. We're going to jump right in. Let me first say happy Easter to you guys. Happy Easter. So, so glad that you guys are here. And if you don't know it, there's a whole nother gathering, right? I think Callie said it in Navarre. They're watching right now live. We're glad that you guys came out this morning. Welcome you guys. Incredible. Let's jump right in. Luke is where we're at. There are four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the synoptic gospels. These guys walked with Jesus, they're eyewitnesses, and they give us the details of Jesus' life. Some of them mention these details. Some of them give us these details, and together they give us the full picture of what they experienced. Luke was a doctor. Luke's about the details. How many are thankful Good doctors about the details. Amen. Can I get an amen? Dr. Luke was about the details. So he gives us this angle of what happened. Let's go to verse 1 of chapter 24. But very early on Sunday morning. Let me just stop right there and say that reminds me. Today we woke up very early on Sunday morning. And we went to the beach and we baptized 44 people. At 6 a.m., 6 a.m., baptized them. We got there at 6. We didn't baptize them at 6. It's incredible. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Let's try that one more time. I got major faith in you guys. I know. This is the gathering. The early one, we were packed out in here. But, but you know, you guys have had a little coffee. You ever had a little caffeine? Y'all, y'all ready? So I'm going to read that part again. And when I wink at you, when I wink at you, you just get excited because of the words you just heard and believed. Are you ready? So we're going to rewind. We're going to back it up. Navarre, y'all tracking with me? Blackwater, you with me? Watching online, you with me? Here we go. Let me try that one one more time. Let me try it again. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. You know why they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus? Because he wasn't there. That's why. That's why. Y'all may be seated. Y'all may be seated. I'm tempted to preach this whole thing right away. and They put me on a time schedule today. We've got, uh, we've got some incredible stories that you're going to see in, in a little bit of people from our church that just really give proof to the story you're about ready to hear. You know what I love here is the women are going to the tomb. Now, why are they going to the tomb? They're going to the tomb because Jesus has died. And you need to understand that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Son of God. Jesus died on the cross, and he died for our sins. The, the scriptures tell us that Christ died for our sins. The Bible also says that the, the sin of the world is unbelief. What does that mean? It means that it's, it's an unbelief in the fact that Jesus was and is who he said he was. He's the son of God. And so, but, but what helps me in this Easter story is even what we would consider like the believers, the disciples of Jesus, they didn't believe. They didn't believe. You read this, you'll understand that the very disciples, you remember Peter? 
You remember Peter, you walk on water, cut the dude's ear off. What a, what a, what a resume. Um, you know, he, uh, he, was, he was there. But these guys are struggling. And Jesus had already told them, I'm going to die. I'll be crucified. They will bury me. And three days later, I'll rise again. And yet, they struggled to believe. The reason I'm a Christian today is because of the resurrection. Because Jesus is alive. And if you're scientific and you're all about facts, then, then you're not far from Christianity. You're a lot closer than you know. Because there's so many eyewitnesses that saw Jesus. Not in just a ghost form, but in a, a body. They saw Jesus resurrected. And these women are going and they're bringing their spices. Jesus is dead. And they get surprised. They get surprised. They look in and Jesus ain't there. These were the, the very people that loved him. The very people that were there. They were in church. Are you with me? Whenever Jesus was doing miracles, they were there. Whenever Jesus was preaching, they were there. Whenever Jesus was praying, some of them were there. And they're coming in. And as they are coming in, they're surprised that his body isn't there. What in the world? And they stood there puzzled, and two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. I would like to see those robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, these are the angels, and they asked a question. I want you to think about this question with me. The question was, I love this. <laughs> he said, why, they said, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Just like he said. That was my part. He's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. That the son of man. That's the title Jesus referred to himself when talking about himself. He called himself the son of man. You need to understand something. He wasn't just a man. He was God. He wasn't just God. He was a man. Big word, theological, hypostatic union. It was the fact that Jesus was 100% man. Jesus wept. But he was 100% God. He walked on the water. And he gave Peter a little taste of it too. He was man, but he was God. He was man, so he felt the nails. But he was God and cried, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Are you with me? And so these angels are telling him that, that he's not there. And they say, remember, the Son of Man told you he must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Let me stop right there and talk about this real quick. The fact that Jesus was crucified. Jesus is God's Son. And Jesus came with a purpose and he came with a plan. In fact, when Adam and Eve disobeyed, and they disobeyed God, and sin entered in the world, and when sin came in, death followed. So at the very beginning, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world, that means before God ever made the world, there was already a plan in place. It was called amazing grace. And when they sinned and disobeyed, in Genesis 3.15, is a promise that Jesus would bruise his heel, but he had crushed the head of the serpent. That's what the crucifixion was all about. He took his heel and he crushed the head of the devil. The devil thought he had him. He thought he trapped him on the cross. Jesus is dead. 
So let's go to the crucifixion real quick. Track with me. I'm going to talk like a Yankee. I'm a southerner, but I'm going to talk fast like a Yankee. So if you're any northerners in here, you're going to feel right. Come on, show me a little love. So Jesus dies on the cross, and he dies on the cross for my sin and your sin. Do you, do you know that the life, the life that you and I live, the life that we have, our life is in our blood. If we bleed to death, we die. The Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. Jesus was the Lamb of God. What they would do is they would take a lamb, a spotless lamb, and they would, they would literally, they would cut its neck, shed all of its blood, and then that lamb would become a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And they did that looking forward to the fact that Jesus would come one day and be the, not a, the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. As far as the east is from the west so far, God has removed my sins and your sins from us. That was the Lamb of God. And so now all of a sudden, this isn't just any sacrifice. This is the perfect sacrifice ever. It's the Lamb of God. He's dying on the cross. And as he's dying on the cross, he's saying things like, Father, forgive him. He's saying things like, I thirst. He's saying things like, eventually, it is finished. But something crazy happened at the cross. Jesus is crucified. He's crucified between two men that deserve to be there. Jesus didn't. They did. But Jesus went to the cross because he had to pay my sin payment and your sin payment so we could be what everyone in the world desires, forgiven. How many know you're not perfect? Raise your hand. And if that person next to you hadn't raised their hand, go ahead and help them. Go ahead and grab their hand and hold it up. Say, baby, I know you're pretty, but you ain't perfect. He ain't perfect, right? And so Jesus dies on that cross. As Jesus is dying, these guys are cussing and fussing. They're calling Jesus names. They're saying, just like everyone else, mocking him. They're saying, if you're the son of God, get your butt off the cross. Come down. You, can, you, you can't even save yourself, let alone. And they are just railing accusations against the one that created their tongue. Are you with me? And Jesus didn't get all upset and go off on them. Jesus offered forgiveness. You and I have a common problem. It's called sin. And you and I have a common desire, a common need. It's called forgiveness. And that's what Friday was all about. And what's amazing is that one of the thieves on the cross, he looked to Jesus. And when he looked to Jesus, he believed that he was who he said he was. That's all that happened. Religion tries to complicate it. Listen to me now. We can talk religions. We can talk 20 religions. And when it all comes down to all the different religions, it is about what you have to do to go to heaven. It's about what you do. It's about what you do to try to earn it. That's, that's true. I've studied all the religion, you got to do this, you got to do this, got to worship like that, got to worship like this, 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 this. And all of a sudden it's all about, you know, but the cross was to remind us that it's not about what we've done, it's about what he did. Amen. What he did. And all of a sudden this guy who was cussing and fussing at Jesus, he's over there, he's hanging on the cross. He gets so close to Jesus, even with the hands of God being nailed to a cross, he couldn't stop him from reaching a sinner. Come on. Jesus reached out with his hands, crucified. He turned the lights off. He comforted his mother. He comforted John with his hands nailed to the cross. He reaches out and he rescues one of the two. He got one of the two. And 
this guy hanging beside him all of a sudden looks at Jesus and he says to him, he's like, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me. That wasn't even like the best prayer ever, but it worked. It worked. If you want to get theological and get all into it, we could go there. But it worked. This man called out to the Son of God, and he said, I need you to do for me what I can't do for myself. The Bible says, look to God and be saved. Look and live. Today, I want to talk to you about hope is alive. Hope is alive. Here's the deal. This man, when he looked and he turned to Jesus, he looked. And he trusted in Jesus. They didn't take him off the cross. I don't know if y'all, y'all got that in your Bible. It's not in my Bible. They didn't take him off the cross. He didn't all of a sudden become a holy roller or a goody two-shoes. He didn't go get baptized. He never went to church after that moment. This guy had done all kinds of stuff. He deserved to die there naked and afraid and ashamed. Because that was what he deserved. The worst of the worst. They would strip him of their clothes make fun of them and laugh at them while the person was suffocating. They'd break their legs so they couldn't even push up. Are you with me? And in the moment, this man realizes, this man realizes that Jesus is who he said he is, and he looks to him, and he prays a really short prayer. He doesn't, he doesn't go to church. He doesn't have communion. He doesn't get a Bible degree. Are you all with me? Doesn't become a theologian. This is the worst of the worst, but he's hanging next to the best of the best. And as he's hanging next to the best of the best, he looks and he lives in Jesus. And now, fast forward, Jesus has died. A man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea goes to Pilate and begs for the body. If you, if you knew how they treated these criminals, it was not pretty. That's when they were alive. Imagine how they dishonored the body when they were dead. So he rushes, the Bible says, to Pilate, and he gets permission. He goes to the soldiers, and he goes to the soldiers. By the way, the soldiers, one of the soldiers also was convinced. We know of at least two salvations at the cross. One of the soldiers, the, sin, the, men, the hands of sinful man, one of the soldiers, the Bible says, man, he's, he's looking up and he says, truly, this was the Son of God. He went from unbelief to belief that he was the son of God. He was the Messiah, the promised one, God's only begotten son. Now watch what happens. That man, Joseph of Arimathea, goes, he comes, he rushes to the body. He gives him the permission from, we can get the body down. He has, the Bible says, linen cloth, and he himself took down the body of Jesus. And he's being so careful with it. And they wash it and they clean it and they put it away in the tomb. It was his tomb. He had cut it out. It was his tomb, a rich man's tomb. No one had ever laid there before. And it was borrowed because Jesus would not need it long. And they put him in there and they cleaned that body up. And three days later, these ladies are coming with spices. On the third day, the body rots. She's trying to honor Jesus. And they get there and they bend down and they look in and he, he, he's not there. He ain't there. I wish I had time today. To preach a whole nother message about the linen cloth, but I don't. Nope, I, nope, nope, I don't, and I won't. But they went in there, and they saw that Jesus, y'all don't know how tempting that is. Son, it's like putting bluebell in front of me. So, so they, they say, you know what? They say, you know what? 
He's not here. Look at the next verse. I love this. You're going to laugh. I love that the Bible gives us this. Look at it. Help me here. It says this. It says, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But their story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. Isn't that awesome? I love the Bible. It's just like real. They didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up, ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and he saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again wondering what in the world happened. Are you with me? He's wondering. Peter is wondering what happened to Jesus. Peter's in the inner circle. Peter, Peter, James, and John. They're the closest. They were Jesus' best leaders. And Peter is still doubting. So if you're here today and you're doubting, you're all good. You're in good company. Because Jesus even picked a doubter on his team. He called him Doubting Thomas. We tell that story, but we don't have time today. But what we do have time for is the fact that, that now all of a sudden he's wondering what in the world is happening. That same day, the scripture says, that same day two men are walking. They're walking seven miles. I like that number. They're walking seven miles from Jerusalem, and they're walking to out in the country to a little town. And as they're walking, they're discussing what had happened. And as they start discussing what had happened, they're talking about everything that had happened from, my goodness, from, the, from Jesus being uh, betrayed and Jesus being beaten and Jesus being crucified and mocked and the crown of thorns that we could go on and on and on. And they're talking about all these things. And you know what? All of a sudden, another man joins them. And the Bible says that God kept their eyes from seeing that it was Jesus. And Jesus, who had just risen that day, is now walking with two of his followers who are wrestling with what happened. And as they're walking and talking, the Bible says that Jesus began to break down the scripture. He went to the books of Moses. That's the Pentateuch. That's the books of Moshe. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And the Bible says that Jesus explained the scriptures to him. Like, don't you know, all in the Old Testament, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ahead of time, God told us what would happen with the resurrection. It was called prophecy, and now it's been fulfilled. And they're like, oh, my goodness. And they're like, man, hang out with us. Stick around. Dude, let's eat together. Let's sit down. We want to hear some more, man. You know what you're talking about. Our hearts are burning. Not heartburn. It wasn't the chili. Our hearts are burning, man. We're like, give us more. Keep talking, dude. And they sit there. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says he took the bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it. And all of a sudden, they had this aha moment. They're like, they knew it was Jesus. At that moment, the Bible says God opened their eyes. And they realized, and that's my prayer today, is that people in this room and people in Navarre and in Blackwater will, will open your eyes. God will open your eyes and you will realize that hope is alive. And you know what happened next? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. You know what happened next? The Bible said Jesus vanished. He vanished. They're like, oh, so what do they do? They hightail it back to everyone else. And now, now Jesus getting the men's attention. He's like, no, there's like, and the Bible says they go back and they tell everyone that Jesus is alive. Jesus was walking with them. Jesus said, hey, you got something to eat. Like Jesus is eating. Like this is the real deal. He is alive. I, I want to I go to the question, and we, we uh, I'm try to break this down real quick. Here's what I know. What I know is in the, the couple verses that I read, the angels say to the ladies, they say, why in the world are you looking for the living among the dead? 
Why in the world are you looking for the living among the dead? And as I was studying for this, it hit me. We do that all the time. So this happened a long time ago, but now let's just go 2017. Every one of us in here, it doesn't matter like the color of your skin. It doesn't matter how you vote. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. Every one of us in here, the truth is we all thirsty. Yeah, y'all help me preach. Come on. Come on. That's right. That's right. I'm like, I'm not used to this. It's all good. It's good. Thirsty for something. And so the truth is we know we have a sin problem. And so the deal is we, we, we try to earn it. But remember, the thief on the cross didn't get Jesus saying, hey, today, you and me will be in paradise together. In other words, you're forgiven. What I know about everyone in here, no matter who you are or where you come from, every one of us in here needs to be forgiven. There is something heavy about sin. There is something heavy about shame. And that's why Jesus took it and he put it on him and he was crucified and the devil thought it was over, and then Jesus rose again, and the devil's like, oh, no, what do we do now? It wasn't over. These people love Jesus. Their hearts were broke. Ladies go in there. Their hearts are broke. The men are walking. Their hearts are broke. They said in Luke 24 to Jesus, we had hoped that he was the Messiah. We had hoped that he was going to be the one we thought he was, but he wasn't. I got great news today. I drove all the way from my house to tell you hope is alive. It is alive. Now listen, some of you are looking for God in the wrong places. I'm taking off the coat. It's fixing to get real. Some of you guys are looking for life, but you're looking among the dead. You're looking for forgiveness. You're looking for the, that something. You know there's something more in your life. You know that there's something missing. You see, Jesus, Jesus is the only thing that can quench your soul's thirst. Jesus' forgiveness is the only thing that makes life better, permanently. Jesus not only makes your life better, he makes you better at life. And, and, and we do this. We go to dead places. We, we look in the wrong places. Some of us, we've gone to drugs. Some of us, we've turned to relationships. Some of us thought, well, if we just get married the fourth time, this person will do it. This one's the right person right here. I know it. I know it. And some of us, we've turned to alcohol. And empty bottle after empty bottle after empty bottle after empty bottle, it still doesn't take away the pain. And so what we do is we turn to sex. We turn to different things. And we're trying to quench because we need something called forgiveness. The problem is we're looking for the living among the dead. And Jesus would say to you today, Quit looking for the living among the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, even if they were dead, yet will he live again. See, Jesus was crucified. But you've been crucified. You say, well, what are you talking about? Uh, you won't have to think too long before you know what I'm talking about. The truth is, every person in here, you've, you've been crucified. There's something in life that has nailed you. Maybe it's been discouragement. Maybe it's been divorce. Maybe it's been depression. Molestation. I don't know what it was. 
Maybe it was someone that just didn't believe in you. Maybe you had a mom or a dad that they never loved you. I don't know your story, but I know all of our stories, and all our stories are the same. There was something that nailed us. Some of you are still hanging out there. You're, you're, you're hanging where, where, where I, I got crucified. I'm still there. Some of you, you've been taken, and you're just in the grave. You're in the tomb. You're just rotten. I don't mean like you're rotten. I mean like your life is rotten and you're wondering. I thought if I could earn one more zero at the end, it would make my life. I thought if I could find one more lover, it would make it. I thought if I just had one more drink, it would. I thought, and what you're doing is you're looking among the dead, but you're looking for the living. And you know there's something more. You know there's something more. You're looking for the living, but you're looking among the dead. And we do that to numb our pain. We do it to numb our pain. And and so what we do is we look in the wrong places. But I got good news for you today. That you don't got to stay crucified. You don't got to stay in a grave and think your life is over. Jesus didn't just rise, be raised from the dead. He didn't just rise again for his life. He wants to raise your life. How about it, Navarre? And I'm not just talking about heaven one day, someday. I believe that with all my heart. You need Jesus, not to be more moral. You need Jesus because you're dead. And Jesus is life. Do the math. You need life. And you need life today. You need life today. And I'm here to tell you, if God can raise his son Jesus from the grave, he can raise your life. I don't care if you're a drug addict. I don't care if you're an alcoholic. I don't care if you're so depressed and you're a mess. I'm here to tell you, there is a resurrection. God wants to raise you, and he wants to raise you. 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 And you say, but I've had, I've had abortions where I used to be a stripper or I'm I'm so messed up in my life and I want to tell you what you need is forgiveness and the good news is we have it in Jesus in Christ alone we have it in Jesus would you stand with me I'm going to give what I call an invitation some of you think I've been reading your mail some of you think I've been hanging out in your house you're like "He's, he's talking to me that's how I felt when I heard it that's the spirit of God He's speaking to you, and he's saying, I love you, and I didn't come to the world to condemn you. We we didn't need to be condemned. We were already condemned by our sin. We needed a savior. We needed hope. When they all thought hope was dead, no, when Jesus resurrected, they found out hope is alive. I want to give an old, simple, crystal clear invitation, because I believe with all my heart, just like last gathering here, here, and I believe in Navarra, I hadn't talked to them, but... I know people walked the aisle last gathering. They gave their life to Jesus. I believe there are people in the room right now. You are looking for the living. You're, you're thinking that the next big rush. You're thinking, man, the next man, I just got to, I need adrenaline. No, what you need is Jesus. That's what you need. There are people here, you have been, you have been, for years or decades, you have been under your sin and your shame. And I'm telling you today, in Jesus' name, it is finished. It's already been paid for. You can be free today. You can be forgiven today. You can walk out a brand new life today. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you if that's you today. And you're like, that's what I need. I need forgiveness. It's not hard. All you got to do is look and you will live.
just got to look to Jesus and you will live. Not about saying, did I get every word in the prayer right? No, he said, remember me. Jesus could have been like, who are you talking to? I mean, no, no, no. Jesus said today. All he did was cry out for mercy, and mercy came running. Come on. Who is this God? That's what I'm talking about. That's the God that loves you. If you've had a misrepresentation of Christ, that's the God that loves you. Mercy came running. In a minute, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to talk. If you're scared, of, I'm not going to ask you to say a word. But we want to go back. Today's our fifth birthday. We started five years ago at Shoreline Park. We gave an invitation. And I asked people to come stand down front. Last gathering all the way from Tennessee was a lady. It's actually my sister-in-law who gave her life to Christ five years ago. Her mom was here from... Layout, Laos, from Laos, that's right, thanks dad, from Laos, and she was telling her, interpreting, telling her about Jesus so she could understand, that's kind of cool, huh, driven to change the world, now let me tell you, that Easter, first Easter, we gave, we asked people, if you want to be forgiven, would you just come stand down front, I want to stand with you, Jesus hung naked, he died for you, we're not ashamed, man, if you, if you want to be forgiven, I, come stand with me, and I'm going to lead you in what we call a sinner's prayer, that first Easter, we had 24 people come down front in a crowd, a lot smaller than this. And 21 of them got baptized that day. It's pretty cool. So I want to give you an opportunity right now on the count of three. Last gathering, I was talking right here, and people already started coming. We didn't get to one. That was awesome. I just want to ask you right now, if you're like, this is it. This is my time. This is my moment. Like, today is my day. I am receiving forgiveness. Absolutely. I'm going to be like the thief on the cross and say, remember me. I'm looking to you, Jesus. I'm not looking to religion. I'm not looking to church. I'm not looking to a denomination. I'm not looking to how good I am or how much money I've been given. I'm not looking to my baptism. I'm not looking to any of that because the thief on the cross didn't get time to do none of that. And Jesus said, we're going to be together later, man. I'll see you later. If someone needs that kind of forgiveness on the count of three, you come stand with me. Spirit of God, give them courage. I pray. One, two, three. Right now, you come. You come from over there. You come. That's what I'm talking about. Who else? Come on. Come on. Seven seconds of courage. Come on. Let's go. I see you, sir. Come on. I see you, sir. Come on. Who else? Come on. Come on. Who else? Who else? Come on. Today's your day. Come on. Come on down front. I want to stand with you. Come on. That's right. Come on. Yes. 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 I won't embarrass you. I promise you. I'm so proud of y'all. Listen, here's what the Lord's telling me. There's some more of y'all out there that need to be down front. And not because, not because we think like you're horrible sinners. It's just because like you know you've sinned. You've fallen short of God's glory. And you want forgiveness. Don't miss this moment. Man, don't let lunch be the best thing about today. Are you kidding me? Let, let the fact that Jesus made you clean, that you're walking away free from sin and shame. Come on. Let that be what today's about. I'm so proud of y'all. So we're going to do this. We're going to give about 10 more seconds. I believe with all my heart. We did this last gathering, and, like, the crowd down front, like, more than doubled. I believe there's some of you out there, and you're like, I'm supposed to go. I know I'm supposed to go. You come on down. Just come on down. That's what I'm talking about. Just come on down. Come on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. 
Come on. Come on right now. Come on, Navarre. Come on down. Come on. Right now. Come on down. Come on. In Jesus' name. Come on right now. I want to stand with you down front. Come on. Navarre, that's right. Come on. Come on. That's right. That's right. Yes, church. It's not too late. You can come. Come on. I love it. I got to stop. I got to stop. But I love it. I'm so proud of y'all. I love this. I love men and the women and the children and the students, the teenagers. Jesus forgives us all. Isn't that good? I love it, man. Never gets old. I'm so proud of y'all. The Bible says this. If you'll confess with your mouth that he is Lord, and if you'll believe in your heart that God raised his son Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. It, it ain't complicated. Little kids can go, yep, yep, let's do it. We can too. Sometimes the older we get, the more proud we become. And that's what keeps us from having what Jesus says is childlike faith. And Jesus said, unless you become like little children and have that childlike faith, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. And y'all come today. I'm so proud of you. If anyone else, you can come. You can come on the bar here. You can come. I want to lead you in a sinner's prayer. It's not, did I say the right word? Did I get that one? No, no, no. It's look and live. Say it with me. Come on. That's what I'm talking about, buddy. We just had another one come off here. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Y'all going to have to pull me off the stage, man. All right. Let's, let, I want to lead you in a sinner's prayer. Let's pray this. Our church, you prayed out loud together. And by the way, you don't got to come down front to be saved. But it's just kind of cool that y'all came down front saying, that's what I want. I'm so proud of you. Y'all repeat after me. We'll pray it out loud. Jesus, you know and I know I'm a sinner. Thank you for loving me and dying for me so you could make me new and forgive my sins. I look to you, Jesus, the best I know how. And I believe I live because of you. I'm not trusting in religion. I'm trusting in what you did for me. I give you my life. I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all look at me. Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that. Way to go, buddy. Way to go. I'm so proud of y'all. I'm so proud of y'all. Yeah. Come on. Somebody say yeah. Come on. Somebody say yeah. I'm so proud of you. Come on. Come on. Way to go. Way to go, buddy. Way to go, guys. Way to go. I'm so proud of y'all. So proud of you.